Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 307 RPG podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Nolan. Nolan, we have a no longer special guest because he is officially joining us as a member of the show. Zach, welcome back. Uh, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. <laughs> no, you're this is like for now on. <laughs> oh, you know, forever. We're super excited to have you join the show. Um, for those of you who don't know, Zach is a member of our RPG group. Um, we often bounce ideas off each other. Zach is a hardcore RPG, just like Nolan. He loves talking about this stuff, and it made perfect sense to add another voice and insight to the thing. Really thrilled to have you as part of the show. For yeah, I'm happy to be here. Good, good, good. Nolan, tell me something exciting about your week. Tell me something fun that you've done in gaming, because I've done none. Uh, nothing too crazy. Little WoW stuff and still playing Outriders. And then uh, fell a little too far in the Elder Scrolls Online rabbit hole. So enjoying uh -oh. that. I don't know anything about the game other than just running around. And the completionist in me is trying to do everything I can in the very first zone. And I'm level 29. And I think the cap is 50 before you start working on advanced stuff. And I haven't left the first zone yet. So it's a weird game. And I'm curious to see what all I'm doing wrong. But that's that's been about it. Outriders has been good and worked yesterday. So not as much as usual. But we did get some d and in last week. And it's nice to be uh, level 5 and not as close to getting one shot all the time. So yeah. that's about it. Zach, what about you? Anything fun in the week of gaming for you? Uh, not as much. Not as much as no sure. I've played through God. I never got to play God of War. I I know Nolan's talked about it. Um, I've heard you talk about it. My kids have talked about it. Uh, you said you're playing through it again. Yeah. Is it that good that you want to uh, play through it, it multiple times? It. Yeah, I mean, it released in. 2018 and i think i've played it once a year ever since oh my <laughs> well that's awesome <laughs> i think it just ticks boxes that i want to play so i've played that a bunch gotcha gotcha i need to play it i also don't it's a good i don't one. like online games or multiplayer so uh i struggle with games that end I so that's why i like mmos it's always like when you finish Dragon yeah. Age, you're just like, oh, yeah, well. Yeah. So I don't I get to play a game that just keeps going, so I have to replay them instead. Fair enough. Well, like I said, I've done no gaming of any kind this week. I've, my real-world demands have been absolutely brutal this week. I did get a couple of new foils for the Ad Nauseam deck, although it's no longer modern legal because Simeon Spirit Guide is banned. But whatever. I'll probably never play it in a, in a sanctioned tournament, so I'll keep playing it anyway. Um, so that was kind of exciting. Picked up a Angel's Grace and a Grafdigger's Cage foil uh, with the release of Time Spiral Remastered. Angel's Grace has come down considerably in price, which is nice. Instead of paying the $50 for it, I think I ended up spending 12 Perfect. Yeah, I was okay with that. <laughs> Alright, so our topic of the week is going to be the paths for the game Scion. We've talked quite a bit about the game Scion. None of us are experts in it, uh, especially, well, none of us are experts in it, but with the TV show, you know, potentially coming out, we thought it might be neat to explore this and, and take a look at something, you know, some part of the game and, and, and inform our readers about it. Um, 
So we will get into that in just a little bit. But before we do, we have some interesting news coming out from the world of Dungeons and Dragons. We had a new UA this week. And here to tell us all about the draconic options is Nolan. Uh, yeah, so this week we had the the addition or maybe some streamlining of dragons uh, or the Dragonborn class and also a little update to the Kobold as well. Uh, again, curious to see where some of this stuff uh, really will jump in. I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, you get uh, three dragon options now, chromatic, metallic, and gem. So I was pretty excited to see the psionic side of things becoming more and more standard and showing up. Um, but kind of along the, the lines of the general chromatic, metallic, you are a dragonborn, these are your types. Uh, you kind of pick your ancestry, and then you get your breath weapon as usual. Uh, you also get resistance to that kind of damage. Uh, chromatic dragons get a warding shield where they can, after third level, become immune to that type of damage, which I could see being you know, very, not necessarily very campaign specific, but uh, pretty clutch if you're in that situation where you happen to be a fire dragon in hell. Um, you know, you're not burning anybody, but you're not taking any damage, so you just hit them with your great axe, which is all right. And the metallic side of things, I like that. Uh, the breath weapon is kind of their thing. I thought it was kind of interesting that chromatic was warding and metallic was breath. Uh, I don't know why I thought maybe it would be the other way around. Maybe it's the offensive side versus, um, you know, I imagine, I don't know. I don't know why I think just silver dragons are just going to be good folk and try and ward people. And I think that was where my mindset came in is kind of being a little different, but uh, metallic breath weapon instead of the warding at third level, you gain a second breath weapon. When you take your attack action, you can place one of your attacks with this magical gas in a 15-foot cone. Uh, has its saving throw. Each creature in the area must succeed on a strength saving throw or be knocked prone. Each creature in the area must succeed on a constitution saving throw or become incapacitated until your next turn. So, looked, sounds pretty strong on paper. I mean, I can see a dragon-born barbarian enjoying a few moments of its existence uh, after one of these. And then Jim Dragon uh, kind of takes a, a take on the psionic side, uh, crystal, emerald, sapphire, topaz, and amethyst, uh, force, radiant, psychic, thunder, and necrotic is their elements of choice. Also getting a breath weapon, resistance to it. They now have a psionic mind, uh, so they can telepathically speak to any creature within 30 feet as long uh, as uh, it is able to understand one language you can communicate with it. And then gem flight. So instead of warding or an extra dragon breath, starting at third level, you can use your bonus action temporarily summon an array of spectral gems that match your gem ancestry. For the duration, you gain flying speed equal to your walking speed and can hover. Once you use this trait, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest. So that was uh, a nice take. I'm hoping to see more psionics as time goes on. I just really enjoy that feature. Uh, Zach, you kind of were talking to me a little bit about the kobold and saying it's not as strong. Definitely not as strong. I love kobolds, but the uh, yeah, the new option replaces pack tactics with things that are not as good. They did rename like the whatever it was called, like grovel and beg that kobolds had now it's just like a small dragon cry yeah i was Which, i was interested looking through and seeing i was like oh draconic roar who gets that oh kobold kobold yeah kobold better than like yeah i think i appreciate allowing people to not have like a pathetic display as a 
distraction. I thought that was kind of some of the charm. I did too. Like, I appreciated it. I played it up for laughs because I thought it was hilarious. But I understand if some people did not want their barbarian to suddenly drop out of their rage and, like, urinate on themselves and beg for mercy. Yeah, but if you pop out of it and scream sneak attack really loud, I think you do extra damage. So there's that. I, I agree. That the rogue would do that, but no, I think it's funnier from the barbarian. Look, I could do it too. Sneak attack. Um, so on here, we did lose pack tactics. They did pick up draconic legacy. Uh, you have advantage on saving throws to avoid or end the frightened condition on you. So he went from being completely pathetic to being a badass. Uh, you know, one cantrip of your choice from the sorcerer spell list, intelligence, wisdom, or charisma is your spell casting ability for that. And you can make unarmed strikes with your tail. When you hit with it, you strike deals 1d6 plus your strength modifier bludgeoning damage instead of the bludgeoning damage for normal or unarmed strike. Uh, so I don't know if we've seen tails before. Not in this, but you only get to pick one, right? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. In, so instead. I mean instead of pack tactics you only get one of those which is a shame because pack tactics was the best ability in the game gotcha yeah so choose one of the following legacy options so you only get one okay so i could see it being good if you got maybe all three um getting zero is interesting all right yeah huh. i mean i think it's just unfortunate because the classes that would use the cantrip probably don't need it yeah yeah it makes sense and you get to punch yeah. with your tail, but it replaces part of the attack, so it's not like it's an additional extra or above. It'd be good for monks, because they would start with a d6. Right. Unarmed strike, but... Yeah, you could also just rock a short sword. You could also just rock a short sword, yeah. So Can't have a magical tail. Uh, they did add a couple of feats for your uh, chromatic, metallic, or gem dragons. Uh, chromatic as a bonus action, you can touch a simple martial weapon and fuse it with one of the following damage types. Acid, cold, fire, lightning. For the next minute, the weapon deals an extra 1d4 damage. Uh, and then when you take cold, fire, lightning, or poison damage, you can use your reaction to give yourself resistance to that damage. Uh, you can use this a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. And you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. So I like... I like adding some of the flair on there. Uh, I enjoy the uh, idea behind we're starting to see some of the aggressive offensive stuff that can come out of a chromatic, which I imagine they would be kind of by their nature. Uh, and then Gift of the Metallic Dragon, you learn Cure Wounds spell. Uh, you can cast this spell without expending a spell slot once you do this in this way. You can't do so again until you finish a long rest. Uh, you can also cast this spell using a spell slot you have. The spell's spell casting ability is Intelligence, Wisdom, or Charisma when you cast it with this feat. And then you also get you can manifest protective wings that can shield you or others from attacks. When you or another creature is hit with an attack roll that you can see five feet of you, you can use your reaction to manifest spectral wings from your back for a moment. Roll a d4 and grant a bonus to the target's AC equal to the number rolled against the attack roll, potentially causing it to miss. You can use this reaction a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you get them back when you finish a long rest. So now we get to see kind of the, the defensive side that I was thinking of the uh, dragons coming out for the lawful good-esque as they can be. Uh, gem dragons now increase your intelligence, wisdom, or charisma score by 1, max of 20. When you take damage from a creature that's within 10 feet of you, you can use your reaction to uh, cause telekinetic energy. 
the creature that dealt damage to you must succeed on a saving throw, a strength saving throw, uh, or take 2d8 force damage and be pushed 10 feet away from you. So almost like a psionic recourse blast. You can use this reaction a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. You regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. The big area of this section that has people talking about it is the spell section. And the one that I think we all gravitated to was there was a spell called Fizzband's Platinum Shield. Uh, it is a sorcerer wizard spell, the abjuration. Uh, they did say in the UA starting that they were giving these things fun names of creatures from all over the place, but we, we, oh, we, we've apparently collectively decided that this is Dragon Lance confirmed. So that is absolutely my opinion. And and I think with, I mean, so if you know Dragon Lance, you know that Fizban is Paladine incarnate. He is the befuddled wizard who wanders Kryn, who becomes friends with Tasselhoff, who goes by the name of Fizban. And he is the god Paladin. And I, I, how can you put Fizban in this UA and not, you know, expect everybody to, to, think oh well dragon lance is coming i mean zach what do you think i could see it just being like an easter egg but when you know have... no 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 <laughs> when you have all these dragon options and they've been testing dragon subclasses earlier there was one for uh monk and ranger and then i think it kind of adds up to at least something you know dealing with dragons if only just to be like hey here's a dragon source book Here's a world where the dragons are constantly engaging in, you know, Dragon War 2. Dragonlance? Yeah, Dragonlance. So, like, I'm going to take it as the fact that there's Icing Death as a spell uh, and Nathair as a spell. We're probably going to get more Forgotten Realms stories. Well, I think we're always going to get Forgotten Realms stories. And I, and I think that's perfectly fair to say that. But I do, th I, I just, come on. <laughs> This has got to be Dragonlance. They have got to be letting us know that Dragonlance is coming. And you know what? That's what I'm going to stand by. Dragonlance is coming. Fuck it. I mean, they are putting out a book. And, and I'm so. okay with this. Yeah, and I'm perfectly okay with this. I think it'd be absolutely fantastic to bring Kryn to 5th edition and and allow us to play You know, with in that setting because it's a fun setting it's absolutely the setting that brought me into DD. so and maybe that's my problem is that i'm nostalgic and and i want that setting back i don't know um i think it'd be cool apparently ralathim is one of the spells ralathim psychic lance he is an emerald dragon uh in one of his lore things it says after encountering a spell jammer crew near his lair so i suppose it depends on what you're excited for you can take these as however you want but yeah, well, that's fair, but Dragonlance is coming. We Shut do up. know we have books coming. That is true. We'll, this we'll is true. We do. It converts. It was a fun game. I played it in third edition. Uh, it played well. The opening act was a little awkward as a cleric who couldn't cast spells yet. But once you get the discs, you become a badass because mm -hmm. you're one of the only casters out there. So, so is there anything else with that UA that we should cover? That's pretty much it. Uh, Dragonborn, Cobalt couple of feats for them and then a few spells the spells are pretty cool i like dragon lore i like dragon stuff and uh i my thought and theory on this all is uh, as the gosh there's spoilers out there but in every forgotten realms campaign you've ran into a black obelisk at yes, some point this is true. or another it is in every story and the original uh lore or made up lore i don't know 
in the deep diving of reading, apparently those things were once used by high powerful wizards to avert calamities and recycle time. Uh, my hope is we will see some weird time travel because I would like to be back during the elves versus dragons major battles that happened generations ago. But that's uh, a very far-fetched thing. But the Black Obelisks are everywhere. If you've played them, you've probably seen them and didn't realize that they are a big deal because apparently they are a big deal. So. Yeah. Yep, and I and I think you're absolutely correct. I think they've been in every campaign, Forgotten Realms campaign source book. So, but speaking of campaigns, um, by the way, the link to the UA is in the show notes if you guys want to check that out. Wizards of the Coast announced this week that Ravenloft Mist Hunters will be the new storyline for Adventure League. While this storyline will be just a couple of months after the release of Von Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, I have to wonder, is this the first time we've seen an Adventure League story time not coincide with the campaign source book? I'm not sure. Nolan, am I wrong here? Uh, no, I think you're right. And I think everything about it has to do with COVID. And, and you could be. Zach, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I can't remember. I know that there was one for salt marsh right right but those were a bunch of campaigns right i think we had because we had played like the adventure league stuff before the books that came out in most situations just to get yeah. started um no, yeah, I didn't. It, ta it talks about the f the book end campaigns are called epic designed yeah. to be the big table yeah they're multi-table things that you're supposed to do in the store where i think we played one that was kind of designed from a uh Gen Con or something like that. Yeah, wasn't it like the Temple like, of the Black okay, Dragon that so, you ran no one? Something like that, yeah. I think randomly throughout that there, there'd be like little pockets of magic and people would get teleported and be like, all right, table five, rotate to the left, you're with a new party, and that kind of stuff would happen. So yeah. this here is designed to be Adventure League. The first and last part of the story are designed to be multiple tables involved. And so my thought was is they're going by July as hopefully we'll start to see some in-store stuff being there with that and magic. So, Right. And, that, and speaking but, of magic wizards did announce this week that they are continuing with the disallowing of in-store magic play. So they know, or they're continuing to keep, you know, in-store play uh, on lockdown. And, and, you know, for if, if you guys aren't aware uh, when it comes to in-store play, like as a judge, I'm a magic judge and I know that if I, if it's found out that I'm running in-store events, that, that could have consequences. Uh, Wizards is actively trying to avoid this because they don't want to perpetuate the spread of the pandemic and, and they don't want to have something out there that's tempting people to come in and play. So there are repercussions for people who are attempting to run these things. So just keep that in mind. I do want to go back to the adventure here. Like Nolan said, um, the story of campaign is composed of 14 adventures in total. And this is pulled straight from their website. Uh, like he said, two adventures called epics. These will feature multi-group play and interaction and serve as the bookend adventures for the storyline campaign, the first and final adventures. The other 12 adventures are playable within two to four hours each by a single group. All the adventures are connected to one another in a continuing storyline and feature a set level of play. When you play an adventure, you simply ensure your character's level required for play 
play, no need to track experience milestones or other leveling system. The new storyline is scheduled to be released on July 9th. Um, you know, we've we've played Adventure League stuff, as Nolan said earlier. Um, we've done it so where like our Monday night group, we've grabbed an Adventure League campaign just to like we wanted to try out Baldur's Gate without buying the game. So we are buying the book. So we played through some of that stuff. Uh, we wanted to do some of the Tell Dry stuff. So we played through a couple of those. I personally think the Adventure League stuff is really well done. What do you think, Zach? I've enjoyed everything we played. Um, I think they have a more brisk pace because. You know, you gotta get through it in one night, right? Just for it to work. And, and that's actually one of the things that I really enjoy about it. It's like, okay, you know what? I haven't had a chance to prepare. Let me grab this adventure league. I can read through it. I can make my notes. I can be ready to play, and we can still have a, a good session of D and D. Those are my thoughts. What do you think, Nolan? I enjoy them um, just from a standpoint of the story is fairly consistent. Uh, you you know, they do a really good job of leading into each other, introducing the characters you need. They tell a, a pretty good tale. Um, and I think, like you said, if, if I was going to DM a thing or whatever, and you give me the opportunity to, uh, here's this book of Ravenloft, write your story versus here's the thing you can follow with my time constraints, I would feel more comfortable as a first time DM playing an adventure league or running an adventure league. Uh, right. Same thing with like the water deep stuff. Like I know that book is like, hey, here's all these options, and here's how the story can work together, and here's your downtime. And and I think these here, like you said, do work to fill some downtime. But at the same time, uh, it takes a lot of the guesswork out of the DM. Just like here's the campaign, let's run it. I'll be the rules lawyer. I don't have to be creative. I can do this kind of stuff. You know, if you're throwing something together for friends, or you're just throwing something together to play on a weekend. I mean, there's just a lot of opportunities there too streamline and simplify and not be stressed out because i know sometimes that can be super stressful especially if you had a awkward real life week and trying to get up for the game or something like right. that is tough so yeah I, I i'm along the lines too of again i think you take all of this stuff and it's fun to play these things as they come out but at the same time it would i want to i want to have all the books i want to have curse of strahd and i want to have uh all the know, al stuff yeah, and put it all together and be like, okay, there's a story in here. How do we get there? And piece together all the written stuff and and put together a really big epic tale that doesn't have those gaps or awkward time jumps or it's been three months or whatever. Right. So, I don't know. I, I I think there's some good stories with all of it. We did the Averna stuff and it was it was fun. I felt like we were again, like Zach said, always on the move, but it was always with purpose and it worked for the little two hours that we were playing. And I think you get a little bit of combat, you get a little bit of story and it progresses well. So I've enjoyed it. Yep. I agree. Um, so that is all the news I saw for D and D for this week. Did you guys see anything that I'm missing? Uh, no, I do think wizards did announce that the, um, the rules for adventure league were, it's always been player's handbook plus one other book. Yep. They did that. And they did ago. announce yeah, they announced they're getting rid of it. And if they're doing an adventure league for a source book like Strahd, that would make sense because they're going to want people to bring Strahd in. Sure. Well, I think with it being a almost weird demi realm hopping, uh, I, I think it's an opportunity to bring in some Eberron stuff, mix it with some, you know, if you want to yeah. choose Zendikar. I mean, you're all stuck here. I don't care where you came from, you know, so. Yeah, and I think yeah, they that said makes a that lot of sense. 
these adventures are actually going to have you moving between the demi planes, which will be interesting because it used to be mm-hmm. um, the dread realms. Yeah, so. it used to be that just the Vistani could move through the 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 mists, as it were. Um, so I, I'll be very interested to see how they're going to do that and make it so where you can do that. It, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, I also hope that this means we're going to see some of the other dread lords, like Lord Soth. Um, yeah. That would be awesome. That'd be very cool because there's. Uh, so I imagine many. that's got to be the story. And again, like you know, if the big, if it's a multi-group thing, they've got to pull out big names that hopefully we haven't seen before. And I could see Can't just finish with Strahd. right. I could see you know, like your entrance into like your epic entrance into Ravenloft being you know one of the minor demi lords, and then the big battle at the end being a confrontation with someone like Lord Soth, which would be holy crap. We'd be playing that one for sure. <laughs> I think, I think there's some Dreadlords that they would have to leave out because playing through Curse of Strahd, that was a very serious game. Uh, very like, serious. Very serious. Like very little lightheartedness at all. Not like you know Waterdeep or even like Baldur's Gate of Ernest, where you can find like happiness and fun. Like there was no fun in Curse of Strahd, which is which was kind of, I mean, when you have like. You're fighting Count Dracula from the Bella Lugosi movies, and he, it's very, very serious. And I would love to go see like the Mummy King, Dreadlord, and the Werewolf guy, and the Frankenstein one. But at some point, if you go to all those Dreadlords, the players might catch on and be like, "This is a joke, right? We're right. playing through the Universal MonsterVerse." Yeah. I think it just depends on again. It it'll, it'll depend on how the story's going. I mean, if there's something big enough happening that you end up visiting all these things, it'll be. I don't know. It'll be cool. Yeah, I I don't know. I'd leave it to the serious ones like Lord Soth. Yeah, I just want to see Lord Soth in fifth edition. I think that'd be badass. Just. All right, so let's jump over to Onyx Path real quick. We don't have a whole lot of news coming out of Onyx Path. We do know that the Kickstarter for Trinity, Trinity Continuum Adventure is set to close within just a few days. I believe at the time of recording, we were at four days before that one will close. Although the project is fully funded, they are knocking down stretch goals pretty, pretty well. So if you are a fan of the Trinity Continuum, uh, this is a very pulpy adventure. Uh, it, it Actually, I, w- I was watching the, um, the intro video for it, and it looked pretty cool. I've never played Trinity uh, Continuum. Uh, it's It was uh, an old White Wolf game that came over to Onyx Path. Uh, I know that it looks like a lot of fun. There's been some interesting stuff that I've seen for it, but it hasn't been one that's tempted me to buy in. So anyway, that is still there. Uh, if you guys are, if you are a fan of the Trinity Continuum and you want to back that project, uh, no other real news from Onyx Path. From, like I said, for this week, I know we're getting very close to the shipping of Cults of the Blood Gods. I got an email this week saying, "This is it. This is your last chance. Either you give us your e- or your address now, or you're screwed." So <laughs> I made sure to get my uh, email ad- or my address updated. Uh, let's jump down to uh, Monty Cook games nolan anything on us nothing yet damn it no it's in the final stage so i don't know i'm just hoping it knocks on my door soon. yeah i think that's exactly what's going to happen you're you're just going to get boom 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 here's your giant box a thousand pages so. i don't think it's going to knock it's just going to break the door down <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> i'm telling you the the ups driver is going to like file a worker comp claim after delivering that box <laughs> 
Uh, Bring your dolly. It'll be yeah, free. exactly. Free League Publishing. Uh, no updates from uh, One Ring from the One Ring Kickstarter. However, Free League did just announce a new Kickstarter, The Runes of Simbarum, for Five E. I watched this video and oh my damn, this looks awesome. Uh, and I have to say, and this is solely on backing one Kickstarter that, that I've done with Free League and the one book that I own. They do a great job. Uh, I encourage you both to go take a look at this video if you haven't already. It is, wow. It really is good. And what I want our, our listeners to understand that this is not a cheap Kickstarter. Uh, completely lost my train of thought. Um yeah, wow! I completely lost my train of thought. Uh, it is not a it is not a cheap Kickstarter. If you are a fan of books like I am, this one's going to cost you over well over a hundred dollars uh, to get the physical uh, things. And the reason is is because you're getting multiple books. You're getting a player's handbook and a game master's guide. Because although this is using fifth edition rules, it is completely a new setting. So you're going to have different rules for each for the players and the game master. To get the physical copy of the books, like I said, it's going to be well over $100, and that does include all the physical copies of the stretch goals. Uh, does not include shipping, though, and I actually just paid the shipping for the One Ring this week, which was right around $20, which I didn't think was terrible, especially since I did back it at that $100 level. Uh, so I know I'm going to be getting the book as well as a bunch of stretch goals. But yeah, this whew, did either of you get a chance to look at this video? I did not. I did see it pop up uh, this week and looked at it. Uh, it's it looks interesting. I didn't uh, look like it. It was something that has been done before, uh, and they're bringing it forward to fifth edition. Uh, and given the fact that it was uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars over their goal, I've assumed that it was popular. Yeah, funded in twenty nine minutes. Wow. Yeah, so this is, I mean, uh, another one of those games that we had no idea even existed. Um, Free League is a, what is it, a Swiss publishing company, if I'm not my Swedish publish, publishing company. Uh, so it could be, especially since, you know, we either grew up in small town or in Alaska where shit just never got there or in small town Wyoming. It makes sense that we never saw these games, some of the ones that we've learned about. Um, yeah, I... I think it looks amazing. So I, I would encourage people to go take a look at this Kickstarter. Uh, it's one of those that I, I wish I could back. I'm just, I'm, I'm not doing any Kickstarters right now until I get several more delivered. So <laughs> I was looking at my Kickstarter list. And I'm like, Oh man, I really got to stop. Every time I say I'm stopping, no one's like, yeah, well, didn't you just back when I'm like, shut up. That's how it happens. It is. So I so truly have pumped the brakes and I'm not backing uh anything. So how do you say it? Symborium? Symbarium? Uh, yes. Perfect. So it says <laughs> yeah. here, uh, the setting is a civilization that two decades ago were forced to flee their ancestral soil after devastating war. Their new and promised land borders on the vast forest of Davakar, covering the remnants of the empire of Symborium, which fell into ruin hundreds of years ago. Brimming with natural resources and mythical treasures, the forest calls out to the Umbrians to be explored and plundered, but the road into its depths lays far from open. Not only are the shadows beneath the foliage fraught with danger, monsters, and infectious corruption, there are also the elves of the Iron Pack who have vowed to die to keep anyone from disturbing the ruins of old, warning that the ancient evil of Symborium stirs in its sleep. 
Now you can join the adventure. Seek out the barbarian clans to trade or to plunder their treasures. Establish a base of power among princes, guilds, and rebellious refugees in the capital city of Yendaros. Survive encounters with trolls, dark-minded beasts, and undead warlords. But always remember it, the warning spoken by the wardens of the forest. Tread carefully and do not disturb the ruins of old, for the horrors of Darkov are about to awaken. Uh, one of the things I did see on there was the origins, or let's see, not that. Uh, undead, troll, ogre, human, goblin, elf, dwarf, changeling, abducted human were the classes. So when I saw the the undead, troll, and ogre, I got really curious. Yeah, abducted human? Yeah, I'd like to know. It looks like it's a uh, uh, background of a runaway, unlocked, and stretch goal. Uh, there are some new classes. Captain, hunter, mystic, scoundrel, warrior. Uh, and I don't know how that stuff plays out. I mean, they've got some kind of, you know, the warrior is berserker, duelist, knight, runesmith, tattooed fighter, weapon master, plus unlocked a Templar and a wrath guard. So I don't know if that is their class system. Like this is the fighter and now this is the way it goes down. So it, it looks like a very, uh, there is not anything about this that looked very familiar other than a few names that were the same. Um, so I, I'm curious, uh, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't mind playing a Captain Outlaw. I don't even know what that is, but, <laughs> but I am, I'm, I'm down. You're excited um, for it. The, the art is very cool. Uh, it's a, it is a beautiful looking game. Again, these people know how to do some artwork and they knew how to do some covers. Holy smokes. Yeah, you know, and, and I did pick up that, that copy of the book, Vesson, because I was really curious what their physical copies look like. And that book is just stunning i mean absolutely stunning the artwork is i love the style that they use um i love the feel of the paper the the quality of the cover and, and you know these things to me go a long way uh, when you pick up books and you feel like you know you spent 50 dollars for a book and it's you feel like it's been put together cheaply you kind of feel like you're not getting your money's worth and you feel let down so i from what i have seen from free league they believe in quality and they they put out quality products and and i i truly think I, this is one that once it comes you know to the general public i wouldn't be surprised if i end up picking it up yeah i, I want to know a little bit more about it again it's another one of those worlds that i think would be fun to sit down play and explore it's nice to have the same system and to be able to jump out um it looks like 119 dollars about uh, you get the uh, player's guide, standard edition in hardback, full color printed format, and in PDF, the game master's guide, the bestiary, uh, mm. and that is in physical. So that's where you got to be. Everything else below that is PDF. Right. It's all PDF. Um, and, and keep in mind, like I said, this does not include your shipping. So that will come. So that's why I'm saying it's going to be well over $100. You're probably going to be pushing $140, $150 by the time it's all said and done. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, that's rough still. I mean, if you were to buy just the 5th edition Player's Handbook, Dungeon Master's Guide, and Monster Manual, that's about what you're yep. looking at. Yep, you're going to yeah, be pushing that 150. Right yeah, and at least this one, I mean, what I love, and this, and, you know, Zach, thank you so much for pointing that out, because what I love about these Kickstarters, and, and this is why I, I have an issue, or not issue, this is why I struggle with not backing them, is because when you do get in on the beginning, 
you get a bunch of extra stuff. Like you said, it's $150 if you pick up those three books. For about $150, I get those books plus all the extras that I couldn't have gotten had I not done the project. And this really goes back to Onyx Path in that, you know, when you back a project from Onyx Path, yes, you're, you're giving the money to bring the project to life. But typically, you're going to get a bunch of other stuff that you would not normally get had you just went to, say, drive through RPG like you wanted to save money. So you went to drive through RPG and bought um, Chicago by night, so to speak. Uh, so you're going to spend the $30, $40, whatever it is for the PDF. Well, as someone who backed it at $50, I got a physical copy of the book. Then I got the PDF copies plus a coupon to print the print on demand of all the expansions that they put out for that book. So in the end, it is you do save money. Yes, you're you know you're sitting there waiting like Nolan is uh, for um, Tolis, you know for things to come out. But you Kickstarter's there's there's money there's value in doing a Kickstarter. It gives you time to wrap up what you're doing. Looks like this one here is a launch date of February 2022. Yep, so with the alpha PDF. Time. What did they say about the alpha PDF, Nolan? Um. Sorry, yes. I was looking at the sapper. <laughs> Fair enough. And this can already be an expensive hobby. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. if you just wanted to play a game, if you just wanted to play Pathfinder Second Edition, that can still be very expensive. Yes, absolutely. And so, not to sound crude, but if you can get your money's worth, that might be a better choice, especially if you really want to participate in not just playing a game, but in the hobby. Yeah, you know, and that's a good point too, Zach. Like uh, another Kickstarter that I've done was the um, Mage one for the uh, Technocracy Reloaded. And I just thought it was kind of cool mm. because I backed it at, I think it was $100. And like my name is going to be in that book, which is, I don't know, probably silly, but... I just thought it was kind of neat that I'm going to have a book on the shelf that that I literally can show. Yes, I participated, like you said, in this book. Here's here's my name right here. And that's not always the case, but it's sometimes. And you get, you know, you get the knowledge of knowing you brought like this project to life. Quarter four, 2021. For the alpha PDF. Yep. OK, so this fall, you, you'd you be getting the the alpha PDF for it. Perfect. That isn't bad. It's not bad. No. Uh, so there is a link in the show notes for that Kickstarter, as well as Nolan just sent me the Warden of uh, Dovacar, uh, a picture of what comes in that. And so I did include that uh, in the, wow, you get the DM screen, you get some maps, you get three books for $150. That's, that is definitely your money's worth. Assuming that shipping is going to cost that. Much. Right. Um, I was kind of actually considering how much I was getting with maybe you live down the street and it's maybe you live down the street right? from the company and shipping is going to be $2. Maybe you live in Alaska. Yeah, exactly. Know. Or maybe you're in South Africa and the shipping is going to be a lot more. Sounds like we just need a road trip and go get it ourselves. You know, I probably most yeah, expensive we'll shipping ever, but worth it. Totally. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, I know with the one ring package that I'll be getting, it's not going to be quite as big as Nolan's Tola's package, but it still includes multiple books. Uh, the quick start guy or the quick start adventure, which will be a box set, uh, maps, dice, things like that. So it's going to have quite a bit of things in it. And again, the $20 that I paid for shipping, I thought, wow, that's really reasonable. God, we're gonna have so many games to play. Can't wait. Oh, I know. I need to. I need to free up my life. Okay, let's jump over to Modifius because Modifius has recently announced Star Trek Adventures GM Toolkit for Klingon Empire. Uh, according to the release, the Star Trek Adventures Klingon Empire Game Master Toolkit gives the Game Master all the rules references they need to run a mission in the Final Frontier. It also gives players reference sheets for each of the roles in the Klingon Defense Force and on the bridge of a Klingon warship. This toolkit includes a four-panel Game Master screen packed with the rules for the 2D20 system and reference tables needed during play. Stunning starship art wrapped around the outer sides of the screen. Six double-sided reference sheets, including the actions of each roll aboard a warship, uh, momentum spend reference tables, and conflict rules references, a complete 20-page standalone adventure for game masters to use as a one-shot mission or as part of a longer campaign, an A2-sized map of Klingon space with Klingonese labels, and on the reverse, a map of the Alpha and Beta quadrants focused on the Klingon Empire. Uh, this PDF is available for purchase through the Modifius website or through Drive-Thru RPG. I'm sorry, you can purchase the PDF. You can also get the physical copy uh i believe the physical copy is right around 48 dollars you know going right back to value here's a, a, a complete kit that's going to give you a gm screen it's going to give you an adventure it's going to give you cards it's going to give you you know maps um i like that companies are seeing that they need to start giving us more for our 50 dollars Yeah, Wizards of the Coast doesn't have to because people are already five years yep. invested. And Wizards of the Coast doesn't have to because they're Wizards Never of the works. Coast. You know, when I think about Wizards of the Coast, the they are very much the apple of the RPG world. They don't have to give you a discount yeah. because if you want to play D&D, you're going to buy it. Yeah. So. Yeah, for better or worse, they... That's how it works. It really is. Um, so that is all the news that I was able to source up this week. Uh, do you guys have anything that I missed? Or want to talk about anything that I missed? Uh, the creator of World of Warcraft's oh, damn Kickstarter it. opens yes. up on the I yes. meant to include that. So I was thinking about Go that. ahead, Zach. Tell us about what Chris Metzen is up to. Uh, he has left Blizzard finally and i i think blizzard's problems or whatever you want to call them are beyond the scope of this episode um but he's finally left and he and his friends have begun a company and they will be producing um tabletop rpg games and it looks like the first one's going to be a source book for fifth edition and this is his world that he and his friends were playing way back in second edition, I believe. Yeah. I will grab the info. Is that Kickstarter live yet, Zach? Two days from now. It opens on the 20th. Okay. Um, so yeah, next uh, we'll make sure to, why don't we target that to talk about next week? We'll make sure to have that in the show notes. If you guys could remind me to grab that, um, we'll grab that and put it in the show notes and um, make sure we talk about it next week. We should have a lot more detail since it'll be live. 
I think I'll be backing it. I was going to say the uh, uh, Lord of the Rings uh, MMO that Amazon was using yeah. or working on got canceled. Shocking. The MMO or the show? The MMO. They were oh. working on a, a MMORPG. They've got a bunch of stuff to prove with their stuff going on now. But yeah. So I was a little nervous as being a lifetime member of Lord of the Rings Online. Right. Maybe my game was going to get canceled. But I was also looking forward to running around in a, uh, you know, very modern looking graphically set uh, Lord of the Rings game. But yeah. And then I can't remember what it was, but I saw it was some astronomical number that they've put into their TV show, though. Yeah, they're really investing a lot in that. So I, I, I sincerely I hope it's good. Four hundred and sixty-five million dollars for season one. Jeez, that's, for season, that's a just lot. For season one. Have so either hopefully. have either of you been able to catch the uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier at all? I I actually have. I'm current. I have seen. I have not. I've heard it's fantastic. Yep, I've heard that. I heard WandaVision was fantastic. I need to get. I need to get caught up. <laughs> I think Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. I got sucked into, uh, for whatever reason, I got sucked into watching season seven and eight of Game of Thrones again. Sometimes you got to hurt yourself. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I think. All right, so let's let's jump into our topic, which is the paths for the game Scion. Now, I want to be clear that these are the just the paths. We're just going to be talking about these quickly. Uh, paths are kind of what shape your character. And now these are straight from the, the Scion Origins book, which is one of the two main source books for the game Scion. Uh, of course, Scion is released from Onyx Path, and it uses a story path system, which is Onyx Path's signature system. Uh, I love that we have signature systems for each of these different gaming companies. So uh, I... I'll go first since I have it right here in front of me. So I want to just read this real quick. So there are different paths that we're going to start with the origin paths. Origin paths constitute how your character grew up and where she came from. These paths inform who the character is now based on prior experiences. She can change and grow based on those experiences or hold onto her history as a form of identity. Increased ranks in an origin path represents the characters owning her experience and becoming more invested in her own past. The following are our example origin paths with suggested skills. Some more or less, or some more, some less. Remember that your character may only choose three per path. Feel free to delve deeper into the, these backstories and, and the groups, uh, so on and so forth. So the first one is adventurer. You grew up constantly seeking the next thrill, always chasing an adrenaline rush and never considering the consequences. As a kid, uh, she broke more bones than she knew she had, but it never stopped her from making the next leap into uh, the next leap into adulthood. She keeps connected to the various thrill seeking communities that fed her addictions growing up. Uh, she still seeks out fellow adventures, but now her tastes are more refined. And then it goes into connections and skills. Uh, one of the things that I thought especially when it comes to these paths. I like that I can read these paths and I can immediately in my own life identify people who represent these paths. And I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, locally, we have a company here called Go Fast, Don't Die. They're all adventurers. <laughs> Absolutely all adventurers. So I thought that was, I think that is neat. And I like that that's how the paths are developed. Who wants to talk about the chosen? 
So Chosen says something miraculously important to your birth, as simple as a twist of fate or complex as the direct interference of a god or gods, as subtle as unusual weather or as blighten as the laws of physics upending themselves. Perhaps your mortal parents no longer offered you up to the gods. A divine presence is accompanying you throughout your life, uh, instilling hidden wisdom and training you for their own purposes. Uh, your own desires were at best secondary. Perhaps you've learned to live with that or perhaps you resent the celestial being that has controlled your life from the moment you were born. Uh, that you've been wrapped up in fate long before you understood what that truly meant. What's done is done. What's to come will be the real test and the first real breath of freedom you've ever tasted. Uh, connections, divine handlers, followers of your adopted parent, new friends that uh, don't quite understand, past skills, culture, integrity, occult, and subterfuge. And I guess we should have mentioned that, that each of these paths come with a connection and skills. So, And then we lost Zach. <laughs> he bounced. He's like, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to do this. You guys, you're lame. I'm out of here. And then he's back. Okay, so we're not as lame as we thought. <laughs> Did you guys drop? I dropped. You just dropped me. Just you. Sorry. You're good. Welcome okay. back. Um, so chosen was the one path that I couldn't think of anybody. <laughs> it's like, I don't know anybody who's chosen. But, you know, if you think about very charismatic leaders, they could easily fall into this this category. Uh, which well, yeah, is kind of scary since it's based upon like basically all folklore is real in this world it's our world but everything ever happened or always happened or whatever i feel like you know this here can very much be kind of the divine born you know hercules right. uh, i mean Wonder I'm sure Woman. it's a little more than that uh you know where they i guess they are actually the children of gods but i i mean i don't know i think when you pluck up the warrior uh, and send them out type situation. Um, I think this one would be really cool just from dealing with the followers of your adoptive parents. I could see that just being a thing that you totally reject or hate and they just fawn over you because you are chosen and just, right. I, I think it would be interesting. So. Yep. Zach, you want to read about the created? So the created awareness came over you like a thunderbolt, blinding and deafening. One moment you were not and the next you were painfully shockingly sucking down your first human breath something divine came to you as you were a stone a tree a wolf a leaf on the wind and unmade you if you've seen serenity that's that's a hard that's a harsh one um that they also made you in the process is sometimes cold comfort Created by your divine parent to be purpose-built champion, you were born fully grown, already possessed of skills you never learned, and coursing with divine power. For much was needed to create half-mortal life from something other than human. If for all that you were designed, made as a singular conscious act of will, you have a will of your own. And even this being standing before you created you from nothing, you are in no way beholden to them. Whether you bow to what your parent has ordained or whether you take this life you never asked for and made it your own, that is the first question many of the created answer for themselves. So tell us about the connections and path skills real quick, Zach. Yeah, so connections, it looks like there's a lot because you get a custom-made companion, overawed worshipers of your parents, mild-mannered mortal family. And the path skills are athletics, empathy, and survival. So who can we think about that, you know, throughout pop culture or even, you know, books or anything that we've read that would represent a created? Because I was struggling with this one. I think 
I think it kind of ties back to like the Jew golem of you know Jewish folklore. This idea of something that's like created, you know, and now suddenly it like has okay. the shape of a human being, but might not be one. And that can lead to some. I mean, there's plenty of movies about it. What's the one where the mannequin comes to life and has to learn to fall in love? Mannequin. 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 See, there you go. Yeah, I mean, well, even I mean, even Frankenstein, so to speak, you know, this this amalgamation of different parts that is given life and and has to try to figure things out. Yeah, I, I thought this was a really interesting path in that you just suddenly are. Yeah. So and I think yeah, I think humans have been kind of like searching through like and examining that theme of like what happens if someone is like an adult immediately. For a long time, because you know, yeah, like, I'm sure if we look back through literature, we could find it all over the place. Yeah, because you have a bunch of people who are like, you know, you're supposed to be as a kid, you're supposed to be able to make mistakes because people are watching out for you, and then suddenly you're just an adult and you can't make mistakes and you have to watch out for other people. I say a little bit with this one as well of being from something else. It, it reminds me of uh, the werewolf where you've been a wolf your whole life and all of a sudden you shape change into a man and you don't know how to drive and you barely talk and, or you've been alive for centuries as a tree and all of a sudden you're a being, Yeah, you know, like I, you could, you could, I don't, <laughs> you could have a lot of fun with, you know, all of a sudden tree beards in a man form and be like, well, why are you guys so excited about stuff? We're all just here. And you're like, dude, shut up. I don't need to hear your tree wisdom anymore. <laughs> tree wisdom, shut up. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the next one, which is life of privilege. Uh, your character grew up with far more than those around her. Maybe her parents were rich or she had a trust fund from a wealthy distant relative. Either way, she had every opportunity handed to her and was rarely told no. She went to the best schools available and completed college at the top of her class. She may have worked to earn her keep, but she never really needed to. With this privilege comes confidence and she makes her way easily through the world. Connections are school alumni, college club membership, and local political affiliates. Skills include leadership, culture, and persuasion. I think every one of us can think of someone who has come from a life of privilege. Yeah, so I don't think that one really warrants diving too deeply into. Uh, Nolan, why don't you tell us about the military brat, which would be me. <laughs> like we know someone. Your, your character grew up with strong military influence. Maybe his parents were at a branch of military, or maybe he was troubled youth and had attended military academy. Either way, he has a strict upbringing with a lot of guidance and structure. He learned about respect, loyalty, and how to defend himself. He may have decided to join the military himself or go to college and attempt to leave that life behind. Either way, he is still connected to that life. Past teacher, military commander, steadfast friend are your connections, and skills are culture, leadership, and technology. And again, that's another one that every one of us can probably think of somebody that we know in our life that is a military brat. My dad was in the Army. We traveled all over, literally all over the world, from Germany to Texas to New Jersey to Alaska. Alaska. Um, I got very used to moving every three years to the point where it bothers me after a few years that I'm like, hmm, it's probably time to move. <laughs> in fact, this is in my lifetime here in Sheridan is only the second place, second place that I've lived this long. Usually I move every few months or every couple of years. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think every one of us could identify a military brat in our life. <laughs> Zach, you want to read about 
Potemkin world? I would love to. So, yeah, Potemkin, I have no idea how... Is it just like... It, I have no clue. It's some horrible Greek word, I'm sure. So your life was normal, or at least you thought it was. Your world was designed to make you feel that way. After all, eventually, though, you began to notice discrepancies in what you were taught versus what you saw. You had some things in common with mortals, school, your cell phone, television. But mortals did not dine on ambrosia each night, took no courses in titan spawn recognition in high school, could not hold their own in a sword duel by the age of nine. Whatever it was that made you question your reality, it came to pieces in one way or another, and you realized the truth. All of it, from your birth to that very moment, was a production of your divine parentage to prepare you for the mortal world, for it was there that you were destined to travel in their service. And you were ready in a certain way, but one thing still bothers you. The television was so much better back home. Connections are divine friends and study buddies, overly demanding mentors, and fellow emigres to the world. And path skills are a cult cur culture, integrity, and survival. Kind of feels Percy Jackson-like to me. Honestly, I think it's an allegory for incredibly religious people who leave their parents' homes at 18. Okay. Go into more detail about that. It might be a hot take, but this reminds me not of... It reminds me more of those individuals that were homeschooled up until freshman year of high school and were just unable to cope or manage until like a year or two into high school. Okay. Like that's what this one reminds me of. And like, I'm not, I'm not criticizing that at all. I think people have to do what they need to do. If you live, if you're a Jewish person in like rural Nebraska, you know, you might not have that connection to a larger society around you. Just, you know, you're Jewish and everyone else is going to church on Sunday and you're not. And so suddenly you go out into the world and you are not the same as everyone else. Hmm. My thought was uh, the Truman show. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And the, the, in, in politics and economics, uh, Potomacan village uh, is any construction, literal or figurative, whose sole purpose is to provide an external facade to a country which is faring poorly, making people believe that the country is faring better. The term comes from stories of fake, portable villages built solely to impress the Empress Catherine II by her former lover, Gregory Potomkin, during her journey. So, uh, I, I, yeah, that, that's where the, the term comes from. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else you know I, th I think it is one of those things of if you were on the other side of harry potter right uh you're the you're the wizard not knowing that the mortal world's out there right they you, your entire life has been designed around this facade or training you just didn't realize you were getting it uh and then like you said you're released onto the world and like what the heck yeah so i think you could go almost uh black widow oh with there this you one go. as well super select set of skills that you've just been indoctrinated. Like, Oh, I thought this was the way the world worked. I didn't know any different. Um, and the whole point was to train you to lead or rule. Uh, I can't remember the book I read where the kid, uh, the, the Raven, um, anyway, he's raised to basically be an assassin to be the King's assassin. 
and doesn't know any better. He just assumes everything. Like he just trusts that adults know what they're doing and they should be able to defend themselves because he was trained in combat from the age of six. And when he gets out there into the world, he's just like, well, why are, why are you acting this way? This isn't very becoming of this. Why aren't you educated? Like, it's just really confusing that he is on this different level and was, he thought the world was this way and it's not. So I don't know. I, I think you got yeah, a lot absolutely. of ways to go with this one. That was pretty cool. Um, there's a lot more past than, than I, I was looking at the time than, than what we really have time for. So I thought we would just kind of skim through these quickly. If you guys are okay with that. Uh, so yeah. the next, when it comes to the rest of this set of paths, we do have Child of, Child of the Streets, uh, Suburbia, and Survivalist, which are really exactly what you think they are. You know, the Child of the Streets is someone who grew up in the streets. The Suburbia is someone who grew up in a suburban neighborhood, went to Disney every summer. And the Survivalist is like those people who mom and dad are constantly thinking the end of the world, the zombie apocalypse is coming, and they do drills like how to get to the bunker quickest and things like that. Um, other paths that we do have in the game, uh, we do have the, sorry, every time I move my mouse since I'm using holding, holding the control button, my, my PDF goes <laughs> crazy. We have role paths, which are kind of like your jobs. So you have combat specialists, you have detectives, you have medical practitioners, pilots, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then you have, what is it, the knack path? or not knack path, sorry, your supernatural origin path. And I thought this is where we could stop and talk a little bit about these. Because really, that's what this game is about. It's, uh, you know, having talked to Neil Raymond Price, the lead developer for Scion, uh, I, I love the concept of in Scion how you are this person who gets to decide whether or not they're going to be a hero. And once you decide you're going to be a hero, it's like the whole world starts to focus on you. You know, everything that is bad in the world suddenly is now focused on you. And Scion is very much that game of, uh, of, it's not if you're going to die, it's when and how brilliantly you're going to die. And so I thought we could talk a little bit about the supernatural origin paths. Um, and keep in mind, guys, that these are just examples of paths. You can sit down with your storyteller uh, and and create a different path for you that works. So this, these are so these are just some of the ideas. Um, so it says supernatural origin paths. Humans dominate the world, but they not only, but they are not the only creation of the gods. Ordinary people share the cities and the wilds alike with beings of legend, uh, whose lives can be as quiet or as uh, uh, eventful as anyone else's. Most humans go through their day days without noticing what walks alongside them, but nearly everyone has heard the stories of the children of gods, or shapeshifter sorcerers, talking animals, and natural spirits. They aim even they may even have a few in the family. Creating a pre-visitation scion or other being with a supernatural origin path. See, uh, see the appendix. I'm sorry, I'll skip that. As a character is no different from creating any other. The only change is that the origin path gives them access to associated knacks, divine tricks that border on the supernatural. And I feel like it's important that we at least kind of talk a little bit about, wow, my PDF is just messing with me, uh, about the knacks just real quickly. Because again, we're just, our time is getting <laughs> eaten up pretty hard. Um, so the knacks are, are, are things that make you capable of great skills, great feats. Um, they're like your calling, so to speak. And, and I thought, I, I thought it was interesting. Did, and, and I'm sure you guys probably didn't get a chance to look at that because here I am throwing us into a subject that you probably were not prepared to talk about. Um, unless I'm wrong. Did either of you happen to take a look at the next quickly? 
This is actually the section I read the most. Zach, tell us about the Knacks. Perfect. Um, I think the Knacks are, if I understand them correctly, is that they are the things that make your character like actually supernatural. Because everything before this is like things that maybe a human being could do. But when you get to like the Guardian and like if someone under your protection gets hurt, they don't get hurt. You get hurt instead. And we're now like before, like, yeah, you were, you know, you were an army brat and then you were a detective. But now you're a guardian. And protecting people is no longer just like a thing you're capable of. It is what you are. And it comes with benefits, you know? A fortress. At the start of a combat scene, roll your knack skill. And then you gain the following stunts, which you can spend on resulting successes on. Where it's like, get out of here. And a target you are per protecting immediately makes a disengage action. Like This is the stuff that makes your character able to do stuff. Everything else is up to like you're in the game master's imagination, which is good. But this is like this is a concrete thing that my character can do. That's really cool. Yeah, I didn't get a um, chance to look at Max, and as I was reading through the the past and stuff, I realized I probably should have. I I really I, enjoy. Uh, that's funny. I was telling Zach that me and my son have been watching My Hero. And uh, this very much seems like, uh, so in my hero, 80% of the world has a superpower, 20% don't. And in this one here, it's probably the other way around. 20% of the people have a superpower. We know the gods are real. Uh, the Catholic church does its thing every day. And then a couple of weeks out of the year, they step out of the way because a God shows up and their priests come in and take over. This is just what happens on a daily basis. Um, so I, I imagine this here as the superpower section. This is your quirk. This is your thing. This is what sets you above. Yeah. Um, and that's what it really did. It really turned into almost a superhero type story for me of, uh, okay, what's your quirk? What are you, what are you good at? Well, I'm a, I'm a creator. I can reverse engineer. When you take apart an object, you instantly gain an understanding of how to rebuild it or create new versions. Uh, in the game, there is, uh, or in My Hero, there are people who create uh, amplifiers for heroes. You know, their creation style people is like oh you're really good at punching people well check this out let's take a look at this punching glove i'll rework it i'll build it i'll make it better and now you can punch two percent harder or whatever you know so i i like that it's kind of all over the place not all of them are necessarily just combat related there are quirks yeah. uh across the board uh healers hunters judges uh just having a built-in lie detector i thought was fantastic yeah. i like healers like like their very first one is like anything you can always safely tend to wound. Where like someone took a gunshot and instead of like having bandages, you're shoving leaves into the hole and wrapping them up with like reeds, but it would still work because you're literally supernaturally capable of healing people. Yeah, I, I, it looked like superpowers I, and I thought it was like, this is like you said, this is where it kind of got interesting to me. I, I actually like that they kind of lean into it. Um, I think my biggest criticism of like Vampire the Masquerade is that you have all of these skills and you should, if you're trying to make like an optimized character, you should never put any points into them ever and you should just put points into the disciplines. Yes. Because like maybe Drive is going to come up 
but if I can mind control people and it always works on humans, then I don't need to drive because I can just call a tab, like get a cat, a taxi, call a cab, and like it'll always work. And so I think that's the shame, like a vampires. Like I think the game would be better if you took them all out. I and just be like, yeah, dude, you you've got to find a way to use your wits and your firearm skill to get your way out of this because you can't just use shadow magic anymore. I, but this, it's like, lean into it, man. Everyone gets a superpower. I I liked it from a standpoint, too, of you're, you are building a legend here. And so you actually get to use this stuff. Whereas, like you're saying with, you know, Vampire, I always felt like, I got all this cool stuff. I can't actually do anything with it because people are watching, right? Or there's cameras on or there's hiding. And now it's here. It's like, you know, it very much is, ah, watch this. You know, you could you could be that person that your whole goal in this thing is to become a God, like watch this rival. I am you, like you said, lean into it. You know, I am the descendant of, you know, whoever, and these are my followers and I was created for this and watch this. I'm going to make the world a better place. Come at me, Titan spawn. Let's go. I, I don't disagree. I, this is another one of those games that I wish we had more time. Because I think this is a game that we probably would enjoy. Um, I think it could be a really fun, like, eight-session campaign. We're just going to play the game for eight sessions and and see how the story goes. And everybody roll up a character. I, I think it could be a lot of fun. I, I like the idea of you get to decide, okay, I am a hero. And, you know, it's like, I, I recently went back, and for whatever reason, watched Hercules, the Disney version. And while it is completely destroys the myth of Hercules. Uh, <laughs> it's still fun to watch. And like that whole scene where he finds out that he is Zeus's son and that he was a God and that he gets to decide whether or not he becomes a, a, a God because he has to become a hero. And then at the end of it, of course, he has to decide whether or not he's become a God or a human because of he's fallen in love. And I think this really that is a great representation of how this works. And I, I, I like it. I think it's who doesn't want to play a God. I find the, the idea that if all gods are real, all lore is real, all story is real. Um, it really opens up some stuff. I listened to uh, the first part of red moon role playing this. And I think their encounter was uh, somebody had stolen one of the hens that signal the, or one of the roosters that signal the cause of Ragnarok. And it's like, you've got uh, a Hindu or a Hindu uh, deity type base. I mean, none of them were, I think maybe one of them was Greek, but you know, it's like one of those things of like, Oh wow. You could literally like, you know, the protagonist could be Loki because Loki is always the bad guy, but he could be doing stuff that doesn't necessarily have anything to deal with Ragnarok, right? He could be stepping out of his domain and messing with, you know, uh, you know, the Buddha or the, you know, uh, you know, we've gone from Norse and now all of a sudden he's in the Greek side or, you know, you can really just stir the pot. If everything is real, then go nuts. You know, some tricksters God is stealing, you know, Thor's hammer and Zeus's lightning bolt and creating a weapon and you've got to deal with it. Like you could get some pretty epic, uh, oh shit situations that, you know, you could be a character that doesn't want any of that. And it's just like, well, the humans can't stop this. I have to. I like living here. I just want to be left alone. God damn it. You know, like let's 
just get this done so I can go home type situation. I went ahead and grabbed, since you mentioned that, Nolan, I went ahead and grabbed it. It is Scion Demigod. So this was done during the Kickstarter for the Scion Demigod uh, that came out, I think, a year ago. Uh, and this was the actual play that they did called Cancel the Apocalypse, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Okay, so I grabbed episode mm-hmm. one, and that's going to be in the show notes so you guys can check it out. They do There's several episodes uh, for this game. And if you've never listened to Red Moon Role Playing's games, they're a treat. You really should go listen to them. They're very, very well done. Well, guys, we are. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was nice to see it in action. Uh, and again, same thing. I, I couldn't get superhero quirks out of my out of my head yeah. the whole time. So <laughs> I would play this. I would too. I think it, I think the game looks like a lot of fun. Uh, we have gone well over our time for this week. Do we for before we wrap up? Do either of you have anything else you need to add or want to add? I don't. Bring back 80's thread. thread is Zach's signature sign-off. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us this week. Next week, we have no idea what we're going to be talking about, but we'll get it figured out. So we look forward to seeing you then. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.